doing that, go ahead and open up your Bibles to James chapter 5, if you haven't already. And we will begin by reading from verses 7 and 8 to open up our message for today. Scripture reads, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you to anoint me today to preach your word. God, help me to deliver a message timely and fitting for each and every one of us that are here. Help us to hear with our spiritual ears and see with our spiritual eyes exactly what it is that you want to reveal to us today by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, I'm feeling real echoey here for some reason. I don't know what's different about this. JJ, do you know? Huh? More lights? No, the sound. Anyway, all right. Huh? Okay. It doesn't normally do this, though. Anyway, I'll just move on. So the message today is on patience. Now, in order to really apply this message properly, to really give you guys a good test, uh, I thought it would be fitting that we have a three-hour service this morning, okay? <laughs> so go ahead and clear your books, make your text right now. I'm just kidding. I kind of ruined my uh, ability to throw a joke and catch you off guard after last week with the whole anger outburst, right? Yeah. People afterwards were like, I, I didn't even want to turn around. I didn't even want to look back. I was so curious of who was doing what, but I didn't want to even turn around. I look pretty mean, huh? <laughs> anyway. All right, so our message today is, is on patience, and, you know, this is part of our Walk the Walk series, of course, because this is part, a big part of what James addresses in his epistle. He addresses patience not only here in chapter 5, but also, as we'll see just in a few minutes in chapter 1, right in the beginning of his introduction. Patience is, it's always been and it always will be a very important attribute uh, in the walk of a believer, someone that's following the Lord. It's a characteristic that we want to be known by. It's a fruit of the Spirit, and it's something that makes our lives more rich, and it helps God's purposes to be fulfilled more effectively as we walk them out. And so patience is a big deal. Today, though, in our society, it's really interesting because patience is, it's, it's really it has a hard way to go because it's such an instant gratification society. Everything is now, it's so quick, it's so fast. The idea of waiting for something, for a delayed reward, it's just, especially even with children as they're coming up, it's just becoming less and less of a quality, this idea of patience. And I, I mean, we're all guilty of it in one way or another because society has, has drifted or has advanced to that point in just technology and speeds and things of that nature. So we can't just completely remove ourselves from that, right? We have to move along with the times. We have to be a part of our world, in the world, but not of the world. So how do we, how do we handle this idea of patience? How do we wrestle or address the situation with what the Bible would say of how we are to walk things out and be patient, yet also do that in a society and in a world today that everything is instant, everything is fast, and everything is quick? I don't know about you, but I really don't like lines, 
Like waiting in line is really one of the hard things for me to do. I'm, I'm really prayerful as I'm doing that, right? The whole anger message last week, sometimes that is kind of moving in a little bit. In fact, when you don't have patience, this is a good message to do off the heels of the anger message because when you lack patience, when it's absent or there's a great lack of it, you're really not too far off from anger is what I have found, right? It's, anger is just kind of right around the corner when impatience is brewing. And so I, I don't really like lines, but we went to Disney World last fall with the kids in September, fortunate enough to go on a trip. Our family took all of us down there. And, you know, I didn't like the lines, but at the same time, it wasn't, I mean, I could deal with it. There's a ton of people. Some rides we waited maybe, what, an hour, hour and a half for. I mean, some of them were really, really difficult. But at the same time, I did it and I didn't mind it as much because I was really anticipating and looking forward to what was coming to see the smiles on my kids' faces, to see them light up when they got to meet a princess or to go on a ride or see the animals. You know, it was just, it was something that I was really looking forward to and it was worth the wait. Now, if I'm talking about other kinds of lines, like let's say traffic, for example, and you're on your way somewhere and you think you're gonna be there by a certain time and all of a sudden you hit a traffic jam unexpectedly and now you know you're gonna be like delayed an hour, it's pretty hard to look forward to that or to just to say, well, this, because it's not really worth it in our mind, right? Like, what am I gaining out of this? I just lost all of this extra time. So patience is something that James actually calls for us to have in every situation, though, across the board. Not just in the times where it's going to be fun, where it's going to be exciting, but in the times where it's difficult, where it's hard, and when there's a trial that we're enduring or walking out. So we need to have patience at all moments and at all times. And, uh, and so I would just ask you today, is, is how, how are you doing with that? How is patience working itself out in your life? Now, one of the first things you have to understand is that patience is not so much a one-time event. Patience, really by definition, the way the Bible explains it, is more of a process. It's a working out kind of thing. It's something that really is happening and that's at work and that's a process that's going on for a period of time. Now, what James says here is he says, be patient, brethren. This is in verse 7, until the coming of the Lord. Last time I checked, that hasn't happened yet, right? So we know that he's basically saying, look, until Jesus comes back, and we go to be with him in heaven, which is when we're in the perfect state in paradise and sin is no longer, and so then everything is great anyway. We are to have patience all the time in all of these things. Now, he also says here, this is, I love this part, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. So this idea of the early and the latter rain gives us an idea or an indication of what a process is in this. Because when the farmer plants his crops, 
Then there is an early rain, which in Israel, this was actually in the fall around like October, the early rain would saturate the ground, it would make the soil fertile and would prepare everything to start to grow. But after the growth had occurred, which was a part of a process, then come in the spring of the next year, there was the latter rain, which would give the crops the last little bit of moisture that they needed to finish their uh, bloom. And, and then the crop would be ripe and healthy, and then they would be able to go and harvest that. Now, the thing is, is that you know it's a process because it's happening in the farmer is waiting for that and if he were to go and try to harvest that too soon before the process had really run its course worked itself out then the the actual harvest would be lessened or marginalized are you getting that because he's cutting the process short that's intended to really take a full point of, to go through a full place of maturity and we can do that by being impatient. Impatience is kind of like us trying to shortcut a process that's really being worked out or something that really needs more time to develop to reach a full point of maturity in our lives. And listen, one of the great things that I've learned about how God takes us through things and how he's leading us along in this purpose that he has for us is that his plans take time to develop. They take time to mature. And his timing is way better than my timing. And if I try to cut the process short on something that God is allowing to happen to me or taking me through so that it can make me stronger or that it can make a situation develop to where it's more mature right in my life if I try to cut that process short it's like I am reaping a harvest prematurely I might get a little bit of something out of it right the farmer might get a few pieces of fruit but most certainly he is not going to harvest the kind of crop that he would if he allowed that thing to develop and grow to full maturity. Are you with me? And so it says that he's waiting for the harvest. Now, this is great news for us because in everything that we're called to have patience with, the trials, the good things, all the, the situations we go through, he's saying that he, the harvest is coming. We can anxiously, excitedly anticipate that something good, something of a reward, something of a benefit to us and our situation that's healthy for us is coming, is going to be a part of what we reap as we go through the process that patience is working out in us. And I love that because so many times through the trial, through the difficulty, you kind of have to step back and you have to remind yourself of what the word says that there is something good for the life of a believer coming at the end of every trial that they face there's something healthy and beneficial and purposeful in the hands of the Lord and in the eyes of the Lord if he is allowing us to walk through something while we're seeking him in the midst of any trial that we face and that's something that gets me pretty excited while I'm going through it. I keep trying to do this I'm working from my notes today not my iPad and I keep trying to slide it it's not working that's good <laughs> that was a good pause wasn't it babe pause wait soak in is that amount of time good okay she 
I've said this last week. She tells me that I just blast through these things. I need to like take time and slow down and pause in intervals. And I don't know if you disagree, you can talk to her about it afterwards. <laughs> I was getting pretty impatient <laughs> listening to it. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah. Okay. So the farmer, I love this. He, uh, he, Farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently. Now, that word, waiting patiently, in the Greek, it actually, if you study that out, it means, it's not just that he's waiting, it's that he's waiting with an expectation. This is really, really good. He's waiting with an expectation that something good is coming. See, now this is the part that, we, that, that really gets in here on me because when I'm waiting for something and I'm trying to be patient and let something to develop, then if I can look at it like I am expecting something good to come, it's like I'm reaching out and kind of grabbing it and pulling it in, right, of what's ahead. But this isn't something that just automatically happens. Some people, when they're trying to be patient, can expect something bad. <laughs> They, or they don't expect something good, period. They just kind of go along and they don't have an expectation at all. And that's just as bad, really, because we need to have the expectation that something really good, a harvest, a fruit, is coming from the waiting process because that excites us in our bones and gives us a hope and an anticipation that says, though the trial may be tough and difficult, I can endure this because I expect in faith that something good is just ahead of me. Right? I love that part about how he's just anxiously waiting. And then it says here, it says that they establish, it says, be patient, uh, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now that part about establishing your heart, when he says that, it means to aim in a fixed direction, upright, in a righteous manner. Now, I was thinking about this, and I was really praying about this, because this, this part of the scripture grabbed me. It's like, Lord, what are you really you know, saying here? And he was showing me that if we are to aim our hearts towards him at all times through the process, that we will continue to move in his divine direction and his plan for our lives if we're not too focused and too distracted by all the circumstances that are happening around us in the midst of the trial. Right? There's things that can be happening along the way, but we can still be fixed in our hearts towards God and towards Jesus. And what is his purpose in this thing? Can I tell you that Jesus has purpose in everything you go through? That's the question we need to be asking ourselves. Not so much what's going on, how am I going to get through this, how am I going to get out of this or whatever, but really what is the purpose that Jesus has in this for me? And that's the part about establishing your heart and fixing it in an upright position towards him because as you move through any type of trial or tribulation or any type of thing in your life, if you're fixed in a position towards him and searching and seeking his purpose in the thing, then you always continue to move in the direction that he has and the process of that maturity, of that patience being worked, is having its way and working itself out in you. We have, you know, these plants that we would grow, and uh, it's interesting, but some of the plants where they were sitting on the back deck, they, um, they would they'd get sunlight only in, during a certain part of the day. And I would notice that these plants would actually grow crooked. It was really weird. 
And then I started paying attention and I realized that they're growing in the direction that the sun is hitting them in for just a little part of the day. And then when the sun passes, then they just stay in that spot. And if they just keep growing and growing and growing, they eventually lay over and then they don't become a very healthy plant. And so if we're not in a fixed position upright towards God and, and towards Jesus through all of our trials and seasons and everything else in our life, then eventually what's going to happen is we're going to get a little distracted or maybe we're just we're kind of seeking him at convenient moments and in convenient times, but not during the other part. He's there and looking for us to be seeking him at any moment of any given day, right? So as we continue to seek him and his purpose for what it is that's happening in our lives, it's like staying in that upright position to have our hearts fixed towards him and we continue to grow we continue to mature and though this process is maybe not comfortable all the time it will have its perfect way and it will work itself out and what God is trying to do and develop in us amen, amen. and he says uh, in this whole idea of patience being a process one of the things I want to make sure I uh, dismiss the idea of is that patience in any way constitutes laziness. I mean, the Bible is clear about laziness not being a virtue. Slack hand becomes poor, right? Hand of the diligent makes rich. Patience is not a standstill, do nothing kind of quality. In fact, if you study the definition of the, that in the Greek further out, what you find is it actually means to be steadfast and moving while per, patiently waiting for. And it's almost like those two things kind of contradict. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, what is an example of something like that? There's people here that drive race cars, right? Ted, Ted drives a race car. My dad's driven a race car. Anybody else driven race cars before? Anybody else want to drive a race car? Maybe down 55 or 255, Route 3, Katie, yes. Yeah. Um, When a race car driver is going through, is in the race, they're going fast, right? 100 plus miles an hour sometimes. But at the same time, when they're passing and they're moving around in their lanes, they can't just recklessly jump around and swerve and move in and out. In fact, it's interesting because they can be moving 100 miles an hour, but they have to patiently wait for their lane to pass. So patience to me is a lot like this. You can be moving forward in your life at, good, at fast speeds, going after the things of God, but at the same time, there's a wisdom that knows you've got to patiently wait for the right moments and the right times to make the moves in the different directions that you need to make. Patience is not a standstill, apathetic type of thing. And this is what the church needs to get a hold of today in our world, in our society, is that the church needs to be very active and very involved in moving forward with the things in our society and making a difference. But at the same time, we can't get out of our lane and let patience not be a virtue that we walk in to the point that anger becomes a part of how we deal with people. Right? And that's just a big part of what I see going on. Now, he also says, he says to endure, uh, make sure, indeed, we count them blessed who endure in verse 11, which endure means to be basically kind of stand up against a load, to have a weight against you and have resistance against you, but to still be moving forward in that. And that's really how we have to look at it is, is patience 
if it is a process and it is at work in us, it takes a load or it takes a resistance of some kind to really, to really build any kind of growth in us. Right? I mean, everybody's worked out at some point or another, and you don't, just, you don't just have growth and strength without putting a load against your muscles and against your exertion. That gets you stronger. And he's saying you need to endure patiently, meaning there's going to be a load against you. And the idea is that that load, that resistance that life is throwing your way, is, is it could, if you allow it to, actually pull you off track Right? People can drop the bar, people can not be able to do, pick up the weight, or they can just walk away from it. Or you can handle the resistance with patience and continue to allow the process to work strength in you as it builds until it reaches a point of full maturity. It's really impossible to have patience without going through trial. It is. In fact, I don't think I'm going to preach on this again for quite a while. Because as I was going through getting ready for this this week... It wasn't a fun thing. I ran into a lot of things that seemingly to me were way worse than a normal week would go. And I had to remind, oh, yeah, I'm working on patience this week. Yeah. So, you know, hey, look, you pray for patience. Just understand what you're asking for. Your, your trial builds patience. Nobody's going to be praying for patience anymore. We're going to have a bunch of impatient people. Great. I just ruined it. But No. So we go through trial to build patience. But let me make this point. When I need patience desperately, when I need it in the moments most, do you know that I find every time it's like I throw myself at the feet of Jesus? I am more aware of my desperation for him in those types of moments during the trials and the difficulties where I need something that I am lacking than probably in all the other things that I go through. And that might just be the point. Anything that drives us to him is healthy for our soul. It may not be profitable for our flesh. Are you with me? But it's healthy for our soul. And Jesus knows when we're in moments where we need something that we don't have of ourselves, it's like this instant awareness that we need him because only he can give us what we're lacking and no one else can give us in those moments. And I love that part. He says here in verse, also in verse 11, he says, you have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the intended end the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Well, how many know the story of Job, right? He's saying, look, you saw what Job went through. You saw the great adversity and difficulty. If you've never read the book of Job, it's a great book to read, especially on the subject of patience and endurance. And he says, you've seen the patience that Job had. Through the whole thing, he never cursed God. And he always knew that God was up to something and that God had something good for him through the whole trial of junk that he faced. And then he's saying, you saw the intended end of the Lord. This is beautiful. Don't miss this. The intended end. See, in the end, Job was not only restored back what he lost, but he was restored in excess of what he lost. 
And the remaining number of his days were lived in blessing and prosperity and happiness and in joy. And he's saying this was the intended end all along that the Lord had in mind was to bring this great Job to this great place of blessing and favor and all along that he had endured, that he had built up a level of patience and strength and character that could not have been achieved possibly any other way. And that word for the intended end basically means that God intends to bring your trial to an end. He intend, you're not meant to just endure something forever. God is meaning to bring your trial to an end when the process has run its course to full maturity to a point that is healthy and beneficial for whatever things he has ahead for you. But the word intended end comes from a word named in the, in the Greek called teleos or telos, which means to incrementally extend until it reaches a point of full extension. Do you know this is the word that we actually got the word telescope from? Now think about a telescope, but the kind that the sailors use where they stretch it all the way out and then they hold it up and they look out over the horizon. See, incrementally, you have to extend it one step at a time. But it's only when it's extended out fully that you can actually look through it and see with clarity. And when you're going through your trials and your difficulties and the things that are a part of the process of patience having its work, if you try to step back and look at the situation while it's still being extended, you're not going to have a whole lot of clarity about things. But once that situation is fully ended and God has brought it to its intended end, then you will be able to look at the situation in your life. You will be able to look back on the things and look ahead with a greater level of clarity, of focus, and envision of what God is doing in you and what he has ahead for you. And that is just, is that beautiful? He just, you fully extend it out and then you can look through with great clarity. If you try to look through that telescope halfway or unfocused, it's just a blur, right? I mean, you might be able to make out some colors and some different things, but good luck trying to find something specific. Hmm. And as God is doing his divine work in our lives, taking us through the process of building patience in us, and he has an intended end for all of the things we go through to come to, that we will begin to see at the end of that process with greater clarity in our lives, something we all want and probably pray often for, of what we've gone through, but more importantly, what's ahead. And I will end in this. James also says in chapter 1, he says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing lacking nothing see if we were to circumvent or bypass the process that God is up to in our lives of building and developing this patience in us did you know according to the scripture 
it says, we could arrive at a moment, at a place, at a time, where we are actually lacking something that was meant to have been imparted to us. That we could arrive at a place where we maybe didn't allow the process to run its course or to just patiently endure and we try to bring it to an end too soon or put our hand to it too fast or force an outcome that's really not in God's divine pace and rhythm and plan. And if we do, that we can, we can eventually unknowingly shortcut the process of God doing a work in us and bringing it to maturity, and we could arrive at a place in our lives where we lack something that God intended to give us all along. Oh, I don't ever want to do that. I don't know about you. But we can miss and not really be aware of the incremental growth and development in this process as it's happening. We could not so much really see it with great clarity along the way. But listen, when you get to a place where you need it and something was meant to have been developed and established in you through a process, you will be painfully aware of the fact that it's lacking. We have just got to allow the things that God is up to and wants to do in our lives. We've got to know and rest assured that if we're seeking him, if we're pursuing his will for our lives above all else, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. If we are pursuing him and his plan for our lives, keeping our hearts in an, a, a fixed position upright towards the plans and purposes of God, that things will be building and developing in us that we don't necessarily always understand, but they will reach a conclusion, there will be an end to the season, and we'll, we, we will be made better and stronger. It says patience will have its perfect work in you. Perfect means to a point of completion that you will be lacking nothing. And in the moments ahead, in the battles ahead that you and I undoubtedly will face, we will need things then that we don't have now, that God will give and impart and establish in us as we go through bearing the load and the resistance of the trials and the things that we face in our lives and allow his perfect plans to be worked out in us. Stand to your feet with me today. You know, there's a call for patience in a lot of different kinds of things. We're called to have patience in circumstances and in situations, but also we're called to have patience with people. Right, And when you see how the Bible uses that in different places, it, it kind of uses different examples where sometimes there's patience with circumstances and other times there's patience with people. And I have seen few things that can spoil the development. We're not talking about just the things being worked out in us right now. But I've seen few things that can spoil the development of a healthy relationship, of an influential relationship, of an impact, than someone who becomes impatient and deals with another person in an impatient manner or even spills over into anger. 
that God is he's building relationships in our lives. He's developing those things to a point of fullness and health. And then as we do that, we have to understand, just like the process being worked in us, that there is a process and a development that is happening that God is at work in that's in the lives of us and those who are around us. And we have got to walk in patience with other people as well as our circumstances so that we can display and represent and be what Jesus is calling us to be. And in that, we will walk the walk. We will demonstrate that this is something that we uh, can carry out, that God called us to live this way so that we could make the greatest impact and that so we could be the most fulfilled and prepared for everything that he has ahead for us.